Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot of the Press. I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and I'm here with the always fabulous Jillian of Studio Soprano. Today, we want to talk about the very important topic of copyright. As printers, designers, and stationers, we see so many sides of the copyright spectrum. Um, if you're in this industry, you've likely had the same experiences we've had, where a client sends you a photo of another stationer's work, they love X, Y, and Z, and want you to replicate it. A customer wants you to print something with a well-known cartoon character, or maybe you found an amazing font you want to use for a brand logo. You may or may not know this, but even as the printer for another designer, there are things you can't print unless you have the right permissions. Um, So keeping in mind that we are not attorneys, nor do we have any semblance of an understanding of legal jargon, this is definitely not legal advice. So let's get into what copyrights are, who and what are protected, and some of the issues that we see in the stationary world. We've seen it all the time. We've shared things back and forth with each other of like, how are certain people getting away with like directly ripping off this massive company's logo and like filling it on Etsy or like doing this, doing that. Um, So like we see it from a lot of like small shop perspectives, but I think it's really important for us to talk about it from a printer's perspective, because if you're merging careers from like being the designer to printing for other people and you don't know these like rules and regulations around copyright, you do open yourself up to a whole lot of trouble without even necessarily knowing it. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think like, we see so much of it that like you wonder like initially like how are people getting away with this and then you see so much of it and you're like is it okay you know like is it like if everyone else is getting away with it why wouldn't I you know and it's like I think that you just have to decide you know where your level of integrity is and whether that worth that risk is worth it to you um but there is you know definitely a risk and depending on your business structure it could be a big risk so yeah I think the big The big question we're going to try and cover is like, what's okay to use and what's not? Um, And personally, I feel like as a general rule, if your gut instinct tells you it's sketchy or risky, then don't do it. If you're sending work off to a commercial printer, they will probably even tell you we can't print that. Um, It's always the safest bet to keep yourself protected. So keep that in mind, no matter, you know, where you fall on the spectrum or what project you're dealing with. Um, But yeah, let's let's get into it. Yeah. So off the top of our heads, we could think of a few things that are always a no-go unless someone shows you papers that say otherwise. So like in this instance, we're kind of talking about people sending you artwork to print. Um, Anything Disney, like any direct Disney characters, unless someone has a license that they bought from Disney, you cannot print that as a commercial printer. Yeah, Sports logos, I think, are ones that some people are surprised if they send it off to a commercial printer to have something printed with a sports logo and they get kicked back. I feel like they're kind of surprised about that. But those companies own those logos and you have to have a license to use them. Um, Also, other brand logos like you can't go print the Nike swoop 
on your own artwork. That's infringement of copyright. Images of celebrities. So one time I made this really great poster for a Halloween party and it had Mr. Rogers in it. And I sent it to Staples to get printed and they called me up and they're like, we can't print this. Um, So image of celebrities. Also reproductions of an artist's work. So like you can't take a Picasso and go to Kinko's and like run off like a whole bunch of, you know, Art prints prints and sell them. Art prints. And so therefore you shouldn't do it within your own business. Basically, it requires a little bit of investigation if you're not super familiar with something, but you should always make sure that somewhere within your own contracts and sign-offs that the clients are signing off, that they're agreeing to the fact that they have legal license to print whatever they're sending you. That way, if anyone comes to you with a cease and desist or anything worse than a cease and desist, it can go back to your client. Yeah. You did your due diligence is the key there. Like you did everything in your power to make sure that it was all, you know, kosher. So yeah, yeah. I mean, most of those things like sound really obvious, but how often do we see, especially like scrolling Etsy, like (laughs) these like blatant reproductions of these clearly like big name things that are obviously copyrighted. Like if you think of a big brand and you, if for some reason, like this brand you're thinking of, does not like hasn't trademarked their brand like logo or icon I would find that unbelievable I bet all of the big companies the big names that are household names those are all trademarked if you know it and if you could just like talk to stop somebody on the street and they would know what that brand was <laughs> it's probably yeah. falls under like copyright or trademark infringement so mm-hmm. just be aware This is actually a really good time for us to define the difference between copyright and trademark, um, just so that that's clear, like right up from the front, because I know I always just refer to things as copyright infringement interchangeably, but technically some of them would be trademark infringement um, because there is a difference. So in general, artwork and stuff you create falls under the umbrella of intellectual property. Like if you thought of something, it's your intellectual property. And those items can either be trademarked or copyrighted depending on their specific nature. So here's just a brief list of things that get copyrighted, which are movies, songs, literary works, art, including photography and digital imagery, and video games. So all of that is copyright versus trademark, which is logos, slogans, brand names, words, phrases, designs, or symbols used for distinguishing one brand from the other. So like just do it is trademark versus copyright. Okay. So let's go back to the conversation you were having about where we see a lot of these um, copyright and copying issues. Um, like gathering inspiration. This also is, I think, somewhere that we see a lot of it in the other like stationer work that we see. Like we love to scroll Instagram. We love to scroll Pinterest and, you know, save or screenshot things that we like. And, you know, obviously there is this huge gray area around like general trends and how close to someone else's work is copyright. And, you know, it's like it gets this is where I think it gets fuzzy. Like those big brand logos, you're like, yeah, obviously, like I can't take the Starbucks logo and print it on my own stuff. Like, fine. But it gets a lot like fuzzier when it's things like a layout of, you know, an invitation. Or I saw this debate on a Facebook group the other day. Somebody had done like acrylic placemats and hand lettered the names in the top left corner. Yeah, and I saw that too. Yeah, a couple of years ago, they did this for a styled shoot. And 
this year somebody else did a for a style shoot and the colors are really similar the style is really similar. okay but the what placement. was crazy about that similar is not the right word for that that was actually yeah. like it was the same i yeah. <laughs> i actually had to flip through the photos i couldn't figure out i thought which that one was they which? only posted she had them yeah yeah, but I thought they were just like all the same shoe. And then I noticed one had a white table, one had a brown table. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's literally the only difference between these two. Yeah. But yeah, I think so like here it's like copying the most more than copyright. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. the, exactly the words I was going to say is like a lot of people get caught up in the copying but what we really want to talk about, what we really want to make sure that you are aware of is the difference between copying and infringing copyright. Yeah, that's perfect. Wait, okay, yeah. so what is copyright? Basically, once you create an original work like art or photograph or poem or a blog, which is important, recording a new song, you are officially the author and the owner of that work. Copying, performing, or displaying someone else's work is a violation of copyright. Period. That's like the basic definition of it. Um, and yeah. I think a lot of us like, you know, as artists, you might think like, oh, I, I haven't like registered anything. Like it's not trademarked. It's not like I haven't legally, you know, done any, you know, registering of this thing. You don't actually have to be registered to be protected by copyright. But if you ever feel like you want that protection of a certificate of registration, like in the case of you think somebody is going to copy this down the road and you want to be able to take action against that, you want to have proof that was your original work, then registering it might be worth it to you. Um, I've, I think like at, in our industry, like the things that you and I create, these one-off like wedding invitations, probably not something you're ever going to want to like copyright. Right. But when you're like a, like designing patterns or doing illustrations, I think that is where copyright like really comes into play. And even like calligraphy and stuff like that, where somebody could replicate that and use those like your calligraphy as, you know, print for something else. Like, fine. That I think that that's kind of where copyright really comes into play in the stationary world. Um, yeah. Definitely with photos for sure. And any kind of illustrations, uh, artwork of any kind. I think that's really where this is super relevant. Yeah. And I would say under the calligraphy like category, I feel like the, what to me would be more of an infringement of copyright is if there was like a photo of someone's spot calligraphy and then someone took that photo and digitized that spot calligraphy and used it themselves yeah. as is. Because totally. a lot of us have taken calligraphy workshops from people who have very distinctive styles and so yeah. then therefore you kind of inherently have a similar style. And I know like there's so much imposter syndrome when you're starting out. So then you worry about these things like, it, like can I even do my calligraphy because it's so sim similar to hers? And it's like if your own hand is drawing it, then similarities are going to happen. I mean, yeah. that's going to happen even if you've never even seen that other person's work. Well, like, we all also learn handwriting like on the same little like worksheets in elementary school. You know, it's yeah. like <laughs> your handwriting is still your handwriting. You're still creating that original work, yeah. whether your calligraphy style is similar to someone else's. I mean, also but like look you, at like copper plate. It's a standardized form of calligraphy. Like Right. You know, and all copper yeah. plate calligraphers should have almost identical calligraphy because yeah. – it's That's copper plate. plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you take an image of someone's spot calligraphy and you digitize it and then use it in your own 
that is a huge no-no. Yeah. So I'm picturing in my head, like if any of you are familiar with uh, Camille of Robinson Creative House, she has a very distinct style of lettering that involves like some uppercase, some lowercase, things like that. Her work, I think, is something that you see replicated and copied a lot. But like, unless you were to take something that she had lettered and make it into your own thing, whether that's printing out a like thing that she made on Instagram and selling prints of it, like that would be copyright infringement. It's until mm-hmm. you replicate her artwork, it's not like copying her style is still copying. It's copying her artwork that is mm-hmm. copyright infringement, right? Like that's kind of yes. the, the boundary of it. Um, yes. I think also that's where Pinterest definitely falls prey to a lot of copyright infringement because so many people like literally save images off of Pinterest and use them for things, whether that's like, you know, social media or printing or, you know, using it in a design. That's that's copyright yeah. infringement. Yeah, you know? we've seen it so many times where um, a stationary post, like my client specifically asked for this image of this thing to be on their invitations. And like, let's say it's a venue or something. You like, like that stuff is actually proprietary to the owners of that venue. Like there are a lot of places that are not happy about you doing a venue sketch without their permission. Um, But especially if the, if the image of the venue is like a part of their logo or anything and the client is like, I want exactly this. It's like, you can't take that company's logo. Um, You can't take the cute two trees that are in their logo and use it on your invitations unless you reach out to them and and got direct permission. Um, And then as the printer, again, you want to have that disclaimer somewhere in there because you're not going to know if a designer designed those two trees or if they stole it from someone. And because you're the one who's also making a profit off of printing that work, you need to make sure that you've put in a checkpoint somewhere where they have agreed that they have full license to whatever they're sending you to print. Yeah, even if that's just an agreement where they initial saying any artwork I'm sending you has blah, 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 you know, like anything you can do to protect yourself um, just to be safe. You know, I think that as printers, we're probably not dealing with a ton of that, but um, I see it most often like in the forums and things with like football stadiums where they wanted or like somebody's getting married at Disney World and they want Cinderella's carriage on their invitations. And you think like, oh, that's not super specific. No, that is just but it is enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's that so is, specific. Yeah. It's, you know, so it's like a glass slipper or Cinderella's carriage. You know, it's like there's a lot of fine lines. Um, and even just yeah. having someone just, you know, acknowledge that they are, that you are asking whether they have any artwork that they do not have license to, et cetera. Um, It's one of the reasons I find it so hard to work for, um, to do any kind of children's stuff. mm -hmm. I get a lot of people who ask me for like birthday party stuff. Even my nieces, they're having a Frozen party. And I'm like, okay, got to do Frozen. It cannot have a character on it. Like it can't. It can't have a character on it. There's like no Olaf. It can't have the frozen font. You've got to like make up your own thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky to do that. Stuff. You're stuck with like a general castle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you can't even have like the castle from the movie. You know, you have to have like a slightly different castle and like you could probably have a reindeer, but you couldn't have like actual Sven. Like <laughs> Yeah. 
I actually sent this is a really good story that just like unlocked in my brain. I forgot I did this, but somebody asked me for one of those big milestone posters. Yeah. Um, and the birthday party was Mary Poppins theme. And so I went and I took all of these like generic characters from Mary Poppins, like the penguins and whatever, and even Mary Poppins herself and the carousel. And then I drew like my cartoon interpretations of it. Yeah. And when I sent that to Staples, they actually like kicked back kicked back to me and asked where I had gotten the artwork. Um I think they wanted to know like if I had purchased the artwork and I was yeah. like, "Oh no, like I hand drew that. Like those are my yeah. interpretations." And they were like kind of on the fence as to whether or not they were going to print it for me. Yeah, I mean um, that is I think that I is... did end up having to change like one thing about my Mary Poppins character yeah, so I that was she say. looked less like Mary Poppins. Yeah. I mean, she already didn't. She was like a total, what's that? A caricature sort of without yeah. being like funny looking. But that's the thing is like when those those big characters that we all know are identifiable, you're like, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet their legal team just like rakes it in. Like they just, <laughs> they're probably, they probably like can cop, they can probably fill out like a trademark registration form in like 38 seconds. Like they probably have done so many of them. Like they've got a, they've got their own direct line to the trademark office, like somewhere. <laughs> I bet. Like I can only imagine just like over the years, how many things that'd be interesting. I would be curious to like know how many registered you know, trademarks and copyrights they actually have. So that'd be really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think also like a lot of times uh, I see like calligraphy, song lyrics or poems or, you know, things in the stationary sphere. And uh, a lot of that is uh, copyrighted as well. So <laughs> don't go calligraphing and selling, you know, reproductions or selling those prints of, you know, there's, there is some there's some copyright to worry about there too in the calligraphy world, not just the print world. Um, but you know, there are ways that you can use copyrighted work. So let's talk a little about like mm-hmm. what can you use and how can you get the rights to things and and what does that mean for all of us as designers and as printers? Yeah. So if you want to use some graphics like a photo, a font, etc., that are not your own creation, um, the obvious option is gonna be to buy or license the work. Um, so oftentimes you're going to see this on like creative market or whatever. We're all really familiar with doing this with fonts. Um, but you can also use one of the copyright acts, exceptions and limitations or find works within the public domain. Yeah. So I think the, um, copyright acts, exceptions and limitations, you know, it depends on when the work was created. So either the copyright expires or if the owner did not like previously fulfill whatever formality was needed, the works can fall into the public domain. So currently anything pre-1926 in the United States uh, are all public domain because copyright protection has expired for those works. So there's a length of time that, you know, those those works were actually protected. And then for like under the current law, anything created after January 1st of 1978, the copyright term is the length of the life of the author plus 70 years after the author's death. Um, If the work is made by like two people, it lasts after the last surviving person. So like basically copyright protection is, you know, the length of the author's life plus 70 years. So, you know, there are some works from like, you know, I think Emily Bronte falls into this now and, you know, some famous authors that we know of. 
um, probably painters as well, where those works are now just kind of falling into the public domain. Um, mm -hmm. So copyright does also cover work that is made for hire. So if somebody contacts you and they want you to, you know, they commission you for a painting or uh, whatever it is, a copyright or a, uh, you know, calligraphy piece or whatever have you. If they commission that for you, that work is still protected. Um, they hired you, so I do think that the copyright falls under their, like, discretion. But either way, it's still protected for either 95 years from publication or 120 years from when it was created, whichever is shorter. Um, so, you know, there is some option to find things that are already in the public domain, and I've seen this a lot with like fine art stationery where people go and find public domain paintings or images of florals or, you know, a picturesque like impressionist scene. And they use those for envelope liners or for a vellum wrap and that kind of thing. So, you know, there there is option to to find works that are actually in the public domain and that wouldn't technically cost you anything. So um, and you're able to reproduce that, you're able to make prints of it, um, and, you know, provide them for, as a sale to somebody. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So what does this mean for us as printers? And it's pretty straightforward, but basic, and we've already said it a few times, but basically it means that if you don't know, or if a client asks you to print something that you know would require permission, so like it's clearly identifiably a comp a big company logo like Nike or Starbucks or something like that, or it's a Disney character or a Marvel character or anything like that, um, then you need to ask them if they have permissions to use this. So basically, did they buy a license to it? And I do think that there are some creators out there, some makers who have bought yeah. specific small Disney licenses so yeah. that they can make patterns and stuff. So like yeah. that does exist. Yeah. Making those flyers that had Mr. Rogers on them. I wasn't going to go sell that. It wasn't yeah. about making something that somebody's going to go sell. It's about the fact that you're making a profit on it. So you can't do it. Whether or not, like if you're a designer and you're not a printer, like even if you feel comfortable with whatever you're creating and you don't feel it's a violation or, you know, what have you, that doesn't mean your printer is going to be okay with it. Um, your printer right. still might reject it and your printer still might say, you know, I don't feel comfortable or, you know, if you don't have the license for this, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's just, I think also being prepared for that and, you know, designing with that in mind and not putting your printer in a tough spot, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the printers can be sued if they're making a profit off of printing things that they don't have license to print. Exactly. Even if the person who they're printing it for is going to use it for their own personal use, they're not reselling it, the printer themselves is selling it. And exactly. that is where the person who owns the rights to that piece of work or if it's a person's likeness, whoever owns that right to that stuff is going to go after the person who made the profit, which would then totally. be the printer. Yeah. Um, so that's like exactly, exactly that. I do think like, okay, so what if I wanted to take an image off the internet and print it at my house and use it for a party I was having? And no transaction is made. There's no payment for anyone. Like it's something that I'm using myself. I'm printing myself. Like 
Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because if you're using it yourself and you're if you're printing it yourself and you're using it yourself and there's no transaction being made, then that most likely is going to fall under fair use. So the fair use clause were baked into the copyright laws um, basically to protect against freedom of speech and also to like not stifle creativity. Um, so like Disney created Mickey Mouse, right? And then it was just like, well, where does that end? Can you never iterate on that mouse? So when you take a Disney character, like I took Mary Poppins, like the version of Mary Poppins that's associated with Disney, and then I created my iteration of her in my artwork, that iteration is fine because it's under the fair use clause. Like I didn't directly copy them. I used my own brain and my own style. Yes, exactly. Yeah, got it. So then Um, like technically like you could like basically you could like graffiti art. I'm trying to think of something dramatically different and like graffiti art a Mickey Mouse and it would probably be okay. Yeah. And fun fact, in 2024, Mickey Mouse may enter the public domain. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Now they have been granted extensions in the past, but as of now, there is no filed extension. And so Mickey Mouse may enter the public domain in a very short amount of time. Interesting. Very interesting. That Um, makes sense. But yeah, I was just looking this up about t-shirts and like if you like all those t-shirts that are on Etsy is actually their trademark infringements. Like it's a huge deal for like you to go and put the Disney castle or the Disneyland logo on stuff. Um, But yeah, if you make it at home, like Disney themselves, they don't even care if you come to the park in those homemade shirts, right? Like everyone does it, Um, but they do care if you're selling them. That makes sense. Okay. I, yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. yeah. And okay. So then like, let's talk about all the stuff that we see on Etsy because there are a lot of products made by people who, you know, maybe they acquired a license, but maybe they're just dancing too close to the sun. Right. So like, yeah. I mean, this, I, this definitely like screams Etsy, right? Like, so if you were to take those shirts that you're making and they have some, you know, questionable trademarked things, then all of a sudden it's fine to make it. It's fine to like wear it, all of that. But then the moment you start selling those t-shirts or I would say probably the SVG files to cut them in your cricket. Oh yeah. Boom. You're now like in violation of copyright. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing of it is, is that we see so much of it on marketplaces like Etsy and Amazon that we start to question ourselves. Like how can it, how can it be wrong if, all of these thousand people are doing yeah yeah exactly and the thing is is like because there's so many people who are doing it it probably is hard for the legal teams to like keep up but i'm sure hundreds of shops get ceased and desist orders every day on across all the market platforms 100 percent. you you just don't notice it because there's just that many yeah but yeah it just Knowing what the rules are and making the assessments yourself as to whether or not, like, you're going to take the risks, um, I guess, is the important thing. Yeah, for sure. So overall, I think just play it safe. Um, (laughs) You know, get creative and come up with things that are related to those brands without being 
direct infringements of that brand. And, you know, copying is not copyright, but that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? And, yeah. And have some of this stuff, you know, we talked about um, pre-writing out uh, responses in our last episode. Yeah. And I think that that's like, could be really beneficial here too. Like have something prepared for when a designer sends you artwork that is a little bit questionable have the thing prepared to just ask them like, oh, just wanted to make sure we have all the licensing to print all of this stuff or decide what your hard lines are. Like some of the printers that we work with don't even print profanity. That's their own choice. There's no legal thing that requires them to do that, but they've decided they never print profanity. They never print images of people like known people. It's just like a hard no. It doesn't even matter what kind of documentation you have. Um, So decide for yourself, like what, that way you could also communicate that to your team as you grow. Like these are the things to look out for. If you see X, Y, and Z, make sure that they submit um, a record of their license. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you know, have that in your contract when you are building your contract for business to business printing or, uh, you know, if you take submissions from other designers, whatever, whatever you have, you know, make sure that's in there. And there's some kind of acknowledgement that, you know, I own the rights or I have a license for, you know, these fonts, these images, these graphics, these photos, whatever it is. Um, just protect yourself and do your due diligence. Um, and, if you are someone sending stuff off to print, just be prepared for that. And <laughs> I have to say, there's going to be no convincing your printer, whether they don't print profanity or whatever their policy is. Like, if you try and push them, it's like, their, that's probably it's their probably policy. Not, yeah, it's probably not going to get you anywhere. Um, so just yeah. be prepared for that and, you know, take it with grace when that does happen. And uh, and if you need profanity printed, you can always come we're to ha- us. Yeah, <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Uh, always here although I will say somebody did send me somebody sent me something um right after Roe v Wade was overturned and you know I'm very very pro-choice yes and was really excited like when they first messaged me I was really excited to like print anything that was like supportive of the cause yeah but they actually sent me something that I felt was a little too violent and I was like oh I can't Like violence is kind of where I cut the line. Like profanity, sexy stuff. Like I'm kind of totally fine with all of that. But like I draw the line at like I would never print anything that's racist and I would never print anything that is um, violent. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's not my style. For me, I feel the same. I feel like I I was actually just, okay, this is funny. I was just thinking about this today because the previous owners of our house were clearly Catholic. We get the Catholic spirit like newspaper thing (laughs) Uh every week. And I just, I use it all the time in my press. I just like, I'm like, well, it's free newspaper. Um, And I was just thinking about it today. I was like, who prints this stuff? And I was like, well, I mean, money is money, right? Like, yeah. You know, are you like going to read through the entire Catholic spirit to make sure there's no like hateful? I mean, not that Catholics are 
known for being yeah. hateful per se, but like it just hypothetically, like would you read through yeah. your whole Catholic spirit before you printed it to make sure it was like not hate? Like there's no yeah. hate speak in there. Like maybe yeah. I don't know. I love it. I actually, yeah, I think it's like, fun to think about. You know, I've like, never, I've never printed anything that I haven't fully read through, and not that we print at the volume of like paragraphs or whatever. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, reading novels over here. But yeah. I will say somebody sent me an invitation to print once, and they were getting married at the Trump plaza or trump hotel and i honestly thought about turning the job down and then i was just like okay that's stretching a little far because like i don't i don't really know the relationship between them and their venue like maybe it's all they could get maybe yeah yeah (laughs) who knows but i really did think about it i was like Mm, this might not be where I want my money to come from. Yeah, and maybe I like, will make... They're like, well, we already paid for it in full, so we don't have a choice now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they booked it like 10 years ago. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, that's yeah. actually really funny. That's fun to think about. Yeah, I definitely have printed profanity. I actually, I'll tell you later about this cute idea I have. Uh, but yeah, I like... I think it's interesting where we all choose our individual lines, but um, yeah, I agree with you. Like violence or like threatening or racial or homophobic, like that kind of hate stuff is yeah. not okay. But otherwise, Absolutely. I say let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. guys need like LGBTQ plus stuff, if you for need sure. just some like titties printed, you let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's October Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, yeah. hopefully that helps everyone. Um, a little clarity there and just, you know, food for thought more than anything. Obviously, we're not lawyers, so none of this is legal advice, but um, do your research, do your due diligence, and, you know, get creative and avoid those copyrights. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And have fun designing Yeah, with all of your licensed materials. Yeah. Also, like, if I were to design, if somebody said to me, uh, you know, we're having a frozen birthday party for our daughter, can you do invitations? I would totally be like, hey, Jillian, look at this and tell me what you see. And I would like design it and I would show it to her and she'd be like, oh my God, you know what that reminds me of? Frozen. I'd be like, nailed it. Like, yeah. you know, it's like you want to just be able to convey it without totally copyright infringement or actually copying other things. So, exactly. And fun um, challenge. I, I actually have one other tip if you're using a site like Creative Market. Um, There have been times where I have a client who wants something really specific like Frozen. Let's just stay on that example. And so I'll go to Creative Market and see what kind of like icy fonts they have. And sometimes those fonts, um, they take a lot more time to develop on that creator's you know, side because all of those letters have to be like hand drawn and then finessed in illustrator. And it's like a very intensive process. So those fonts tend to be more expensive. And if I don't know if my client's going to approve it, I'm, I may not buy the license right then. So I might use their little like test thing, you know, how you could type like the words in whatever sentence. Yeah. I might use that just to like grab something to use just in a mock-up to be able to show them or like in your initial sketch phase like exactly your sketch right you know you could send them like this is the font I'm thinking of this is the graphics I'm thinking of like that's exactly what I do that's the perfect time that's the perfect time to whittle away yeah. at that stuff and yes you know give like everything ch- is sketched and like yeah. then there's just like an image of like <laughs> here's what the font would look like 
Also, if you're like me, try going through all your current fonts first because I guarantee you I have some kind of like Nordic, like Swedish, Norwegian looking font that's like very like, yeah, I'm sure that you probably already have something you can totally use that you already have the license to. So (laughs) if you haven't done this yet, this is your reminder to set aside a nice Sunday afternoon and make an illustrator file of all of your fonts. Yeah, it has been such a lifesaver. I have categorized mine by serif, sans serif, and script. And then I organize them by thickness, like thinner to bold. Wow. And just being able to see them like at a glance, I can immediately be like, this is the font. This is the font. This is the font. And the best thing about doing it in Illustrator is you could use the find and replace. So like, let's say you just set up your file and like you just write the word apple and everywhere like every single font it just says apple and then you go into find and replace and you put in apple as find and then replace as mr and mrs so-and-so or just their first names like zachary and jillian and then you can see what every font will look like in your couple's name it is such a huge time saver so like Find the fonts that work the nicest with yours without scrolling through your entire the list. Book. Yeah, because which is obviously what I do. It's too hard to like compare and contrast when you're scrolling through a static list, but when you could look at them all at once, <clears throat> it's really well. Nice. I just look. It at my takes font a while. Book. It takes a while to do it, but trust me, it's worth it. I just looked at my font book, and these are just my user fonts, and I have two hundred and sixty-two fonts. I think I might have more than that. I'm sh- I have a feeling I get, do. You know what I did though? So many of them I would never use and so many of them I would have to check the licensing on because Yeah. I um which I do all the time whenever I'm using a font that I have but I haven't I feel like I haven't used it before, I go to my creative market and check because when they used to have the free download things <clears throat> for anybody. Oh, yeah. I freaking downloaded every font. I was like a font hoarder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely have a lot of those like creative market free ones. And those are usually just a desktop personal license, not a commercial license. So uh, always, always check what license you have. Yeah. And you can go back and create a market and do that. But anyway, we digress. Check your licenses on your fonts. Uh, awesome. Well, oh, that was fun. Yeah, thanks, Jillian. I feel like I I also have a lot of. I feel like my brain, my wheels are turning. I want to go like think about all of this and let it ruminate for a while. But um, yeah, yeah. It's just I think it's really interesting around the holidays too. Like to think about you know like Christmas songs and lyrics from them. And oh yes, you know like yeah. I feel like this is coming up on on relevant uh for the season. It is interesting because some of those are in the public domain because some of those songs were written so long ago. Yeah, Yeah, but you do have to check. And also when it comes to phrasing, like it's hard to actually have a phrase trademark because if it's too generic, Taylor Swift is in a legal battle right now that just drives me nuts because people are trying to sue her to say that they came up with the idea that players gonna play and haters gonna hate and I'm like that is literally just definition players are gonna play it's just a definition well yeah which is funny it's just a fact okay (laughs) it's just Uh, just a fact you can't trademark a fact 
I do I do know what you're talking about. And like I think their argument is that like players they go play and then she does players gonna play, 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 play. play you play, know, and play. it's like Which is yeah. totally different, but whatever. Anyway. They're arguing they're arguing that the the tune, the sound, the like repetition is no. all like No, no, no. They're only arguing for the lyrics. Really? Yes, they are only arguing for the lyrics because they would lose on the other stuff because it's not, it's not the same at all. Similar enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was their? Um, wasn't it Olivia Rodrigo that like had a lawsuit with like Paramore or somebody? Yes, yeah. But that was sim- that was sound. That was all of it. Yeah. It was like a literal direct like sampling, yeah. and then she just wrote like semi different lyrics, lyrics for it, but yeah. it was very similar. Yeah. Anywho. Well. Anywho. It happens. People say. <laughs> awesome. All right. And now for our new favorite segment. It's the 12 weeks of Printmas. <laughs> okay. So as you guys know, we really want to make the 12 weeks of Printmas extra special. Connect with you guys. Get you guys some swag. Um, we really appreciate everyone voting on the t-shirt designs last week. Um, yes. It was so helpful and so insightful. And it was really fun have, to see what people liked. Yeah. Yes. We eventually plan on making many of these t-shirts, but we needed to pick a place to start and you guys were really, really helpful. Um, check out on Instagram for the winner of that. We'll be doing a drawing um, of everyone who voted and we'll be giving away the winning t-shirt to one of the voters this week yay this week we would love for you guys to share your favorite hot off the press podcast episode on ig or if you're not on instagram and you want to share it somewhere else um just screenshot your share and email it to us hello at hot of the press podcast.com Yeah, so send us an email if you're on a different platform um, and you share your favorite episode. And the winner of every, so everyone who shares will be entered into a brand new drawing. And the winner is going to win a fabulous four set of our buttons, our brand new buttons that we've designed for the printer's fair. We're very excited about them. Each button features a different kind of letterpress. So you could put these on your aprons. You could put them on your favorite purse, tote bag, so many places just to spread the word that you're a nerd (laughs) and you love letterpress. (laughs) Okay. That was a great catchphrase. You should keep that. Awesome. Yay. And also we can't wait to hear what your favorite episodes have been because, um, you know, we obviously like can see what gets the most listens, but, um, it's always fun when you guys tell us, you know, Oh, I really love this or I love that. Or I loved hearing from, you know, so-and-so. So, um, it'll be fun to see what you guys have really loved. So. Yeah. Yay. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for tuning in. We love being here with y'all and we will be back next week. Hopefully we'll see you at the Printer's Fair in a couple of weeks, uh, October 22nd and 23rd in Carson, California. There will be some details on how to buy tickets in our show notes and in our emails and on our social media and everywhere, but you can Google Los Angeles Printer's Fair and you should be able to find it there too. Uh, Yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Yay. Bye. Bye.